0: Are you wondering how to use your love of writing to glorify God and bless others, but you aren't really sure where to start? Or maybe you've been writing for a while, but now you want to start putting that work out into the world for others to read. If so, you are not alone and you are in the right place. My name is Amy Simon, and this is the Purposeful Pen Podcast, where we uncover how to build a writing life that brings joy to us, glory to God, and benefit to others. Welcome to another episode of The Purposeful Pen. So writers have a complicated relationship with social media. In my experience, some love it, some are baffled by it, and some don't want to have anything to do with it. I think for some writers, it's actually really a stumbling block because they hate it but they think that getting their message out on social media is really what they're just supposed to do. And if they can't figure out that piece, then they just can't be writers. So over the next few episodes, we're going to see how that is not the case. So this is the first of a series of three episodes where we will talk about alternatives to social media when we're talking about building our writing platform. I have two guests with me, Jana Carlson and Rachel Baker. Um, They are both building their platforms either completely off of social media or partially off of social media. They have both been on the podcast before, but ladies, thank you so much for being here. Um, Let's just start with some brief introductions. Um, Jana, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Sure, thanks for having me, Amy. I live in Alberta, Canada with my husband. We have three adult children, two are married. I am a full time freelance writer for various businesses and my own audience and various online publications. I'm also a writing mentor and Bible teacher and blog coordinator for a couple of ministries. I write about the power of God's word to transform every aspect of our lives, including writing and even including platform building.
0: Awesome. Thanks. We we were chuckling before we started recording this that this is the tour of accents. Okay. Cause I'm in Wisconsin. Jan is in Canada. And Rachel, go for it. You're in you said Arkansas, right? Yes. Yes. Hey, y'all. <laughs>
2: I will represent the South today. I'm a speaker, I'm a life coach, I'm an author, um, and I know how it feels to drown in the overwhelm of doing all the things for everybody else, juggling those plates for all the people in your life. And my personal journey has given me passion for helping those servant-hearted women who are living in that overwhelm right now, and they fear that Taking time, taking care of themselves is a selfish thing. And I want women who feel this way, as I often have, to feel empowered to create some breathing room in their own lives, to set some healthy priorities so they can reclaim some time for themselves, do it guilt free, and they're still able to get things done. So I am, I'm also a wife, I'm a special needs mom. Um, I've got two kiddos, both in the teen years, so we don't pray over that. Uh, I'm a coffee addict, Enneagram 2, Wing 3, if anybody's in the Enneagram world, and I'm a bookaholic. I would love nothing more than to read all day, every day, please, and thank you. Um, So my own life experiences have just created a really special place in my heart for fellow moms, Uh, For chronic pain warriors, chronic illness warriors, I have autoimmune disease and women who have ADHD because apparently I have that too. got diagnosed just in the last year, right before I turned 40, they were like, oh, sis, it's a lot. (laughs) So those are my people. That is my passion. And I am excited to be here today for these conversations. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you again so much, ladies, for being here. This social media thing is a big topic. So we're going to be covering different aspects of it over the next three weeks. So this week, we're going to talk about collaborations. Next week, we'll talk about in person ways to connect with your audience. And the last week, we'll talk a little bit about SEO and using that as a way to build your platform. So first of all, let's talk about the big picture and the why. Um, so, Jana, you are not on social media at all, right? No Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever it's called. That's correct. <laughs> I can't keep up. Um, so how did you end up making that decision?
1: Well, I fell into the category of the person you described at the beginning of this episode. I, I thought I had to be on social media, but I absolutely hated it. I found it mentally and emotionally draining. And I'm also really slow um, in when I write or create content of any kind. And so it just took me forever to, um, I don't know, keep producing content consistently on social media. And I found I was spending hours doing this when I really should have been and wanted to be writing other stuff like blog posts or articles or um, or even teaching. So I eventually came to the point of realizing that social media was actually distracting me from the work that I was supposed to be doing.
0: That makes sense. So Rachel, how about you? Now you are on social media, but you mentioned earlier that you don't put all your eggs in that basket. What does that look like for you? To what degree do you have a social media presence? What, how did you come to where you are at with all that right now? Yeah. Um,
2: I definitely kind of like Janice said, I've gone through, you get on the hamster wheel and this is what you got to do to be successful. And here, and you know, so it's like, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. Now we have threads. It's, you know, where do you focus your attention? And I really, I did, I had, you know, I talked about that moment of overwhelm. I'm drowning. I cannot do all of these things. And so a big piece of what I had to do personally and what I do with my coaching clients is like, what's the goal here? What is the focus? What do I actually want and need and feel called to be doing? And am I just being busy for the sake of being busy, trying to do all the things, or I'm actually being productive and taking steps forward toward those goals. And so it was a lot of reflection, a lot of where am I spending my time? Um, A lot of the coaching I do is clarity and time management. And it's because that comes from a place I knew what I needed. And now I have those strategies in place. So I do still have an Instagram account Uh, you will not see me posting there every day. Uh, Generally, what gets done is anytime I have a podcast episode that goes live, because I do have a podcast around all these topics, um, I will share a post. The day that the episode goes live, there's a post that says, hey, there's a new podcast episode. And on Sundays, I like to share a scripture with my people because they like to be able to see those and share those with their people. And so those are really kind of just the two main things that are easy for me that I enjoy creating that I think are the most beneficial. I am not someone who's going to be dancing and making lots of reels. I'm not on TikTok. I, like, I don't want my focus to be putting myself out in front of as many people as possible all the time on social media. I want my focus to be creating the content that I feel called To share with the women who need it. And if there is something I can easily create in that process that goes out on those platforms, cool. If it exceeds my current capacity, it might not happen this week, but I don't allow that to be a stressor. And I don't rely on that to get my message out to people, I guess. So, yes, it's there and I'll utilize it cuz it is a tool, but I don't use it as my
0: primary mode of reaching other people. If that all made sense. It does. It's like you're you're trying to live your own message, too, right? I mean, you're yes. talking to people about time management and managing feeling overwhelmed and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to to preach that message if you're not living it, right? 100%. So It sounds like you have put those boundaries on there as much for your own health as to be living what you're talking. Um, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Just at the end of November here, 2023, I, my last podcast episode was about why I'm taking a bit of a sabbatical. And a lot of that is from content creation, even, you know, from my podcast for a little bit, 2024, starting out at least is going to be several guest episodes that were already, I was talking with other ladies and had those things scheduled, but I'm not creating a whole lot of additional content for people because, of multiple reasons. You know, we've got family stuff, my health stuff, I'm just in a season of healing. And so, if I don't model that, if I don't lead by example, what am I even doing here? What am I talking about? Right. And so, I want the women to know that are listening that uh, it is okay. The world will not fully implode on itself. If you step back a little bit and spend some time on yourself, taking care of the body, the mind that God gave
0: you. So that is a big piece of it for me. I love it. So we talk about in writer world, this idea of building a platform and that term can sound intimidating, but really it just simply means to have a group of people who are interested in what you have to say. They've gotten to know you a little bit. They like you, they trust you. And so if you're looking to publish a book, traditionally, the publisher will want to see evidence of that platform so they know that there's a market for your book and there are people out there who want to buy it. And even if you're talking about self-publishing or hybrid publishing, you are still going to need people out there who are interested in what you have to say who are going to buy your book. Here's where one of the misconceptions comes from. We typically think of a big percentage of that platform evidence being in terms of social media followers. Um, So if we're not even gonna be on social media, then how do we build a platform? So first of all, social media followers do not necessarily equate with book sales. Email subscribers tend to be much more accurate measures of that. So then, okay, how do we look at, how do we get people on our email list if it's not from social media? And even so, even email subscribers, that's not the only metric that a publisher will look at. Um, so, and even if you're not trying to write a book, but you just want to get your message out in other ways, having that group of people that are interested in what you have to say is really what we're, what we're trying to do. So what have you both found are some of the pros and cons to building a platform
1: off of social media? Uh, for me, it's, well, it was very freeing not to, um, feel like I had to be on social media because I didn't enjoy it so my platform building process is just more enjoyable for me personally it is a little slower I find to build my platform in on social media it's so you can have like a day or a post where suddenly it just generates a bunch of new followers for you and it it's it seems simple and fast but um, building a platform off social media tends to be a slower process. However, I have found that the depth of connection with my followers is, is much deeper than it is on social media or than it was on social media. And that I find that more fulfilling. So even though it might take longer to build that connection with someone, once it's there, it's, it's there. Like I find that my followers tend to be more engaged and maybe even more loyal than social media followers. Any cons to not being on social media? Well, just the, I guess the time, like there are times where One of my writing friends will talk about an experience on social media and or, you know, maybe maybe they're doing like a series or something on social media and it just seems to be generating a lot of interest. And so they kind of have that um, instant gratification of like all this work I'm putting in is paying off. Whereas for me, it's I can go I can go days And weeks without really experiencing that. So I do find it takes a lot more discipline for me to keep going. And I have to be very intentional and active about putting myself in places where I'm still being encouraged to keep going. And part of that is being a part of um, communities with other writers. Um, who get it and who can say you know like oh you might not have heard from your followers in a few days but I've read what you're writing and it's great and it's like okay okay then I can keep going (laughs) so it just takes a little more effort I think. How about you Rachel?
2: Yeah I feel so much of what Jana just said. Um, I think one of the biggest pieces is you know we keep talking about followers or subscribers or, you know, the bottom line of all of this is connection with people. It's connection with your people. And so I'd say, you know, we would typically say a pro to social media is you can get all these followers and all these people on your, you know, platform on your content saying, yes, we want to follow and hear from you. But really, a lot of them probably aren't actually your people. Anybody can follow you. Anybody can say, yes, subscribe to this platform. And so you may have thousands of followers on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you are. But that doesn't mean those are people who are really invested in what you have to say. And if you do go out and either self-publish or traditionally publish a book, that doesn't mean those are the people that are going to spend dollar bills on what you're offering on your words and content. And so I do think, you know, especially with you talk about email list, um, the people who stay on your email list are the people who are excited to receive your words. And I think that's a big deal. And even if it's, you've got an email list of 100 people, 500 people, you know, don't don't even like go up in the thousands, but that that's 100 people that are like, Yes, girl, send me what you've got to say. I love your words. I am encouraged by you. I need this information. And those are the people that you want around anyway. So I'd say a big pro of having, you know, that social media is it can really boost your confidence when you look and you've got 2000 people who are like, yeah, we're following you. But a big con of that is those are not necessarily all your people. Um, And when you are dependent on that encouragement, that like, yes, I want these people that I want to make a reel on Instagram and for it to go viral and something does well, like if that's your boost of encouragement, it can be gone the next day. So that is not something that I feel like is great to be reliant on. Um, that connection piece where you are building relationships, like Jana was saying, like you're really connecting more deeply with people. Um, and there are different ways to do it. We've just mentioned the email list so far, but I feel like when I send an email and I've got some of my heart and soul into that, and I'm reaching those people who have said, put your words in my inbox, please. I am more likely to get a response from those people. You know, if I say, how can I pray for you? They can actually say, here's how I would really appreciate your prayers this week. And that means everything, right? How amazing is that? That's why we're here. And so I love being able to have those more personal, relational connections with people than just, hey, did you look at my picture and click the heart? Thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think another con of social media that we haven't mentioned, and maybe it's just because I think maybe it's obvious these days, but with social media, we are at the mercy of the algorithm. So Mm -hmm. even if we have thousands of social media followers, there is no guarantee that all of them will see our posts. Whereas, as Rachel is saying, with an email list, there's a pretty good chance that a vast majority of the people on your list will actually read your email because they asked for it.
0: In the episode a little bit back when I talked with Ariel Curry, who uh, works in the traditional publishing world, she talked about an experiment that... um, a publisher she was working for at the time did where they found people, authors who had these huge Twitter followings, like, let's just get them contracts and let's do this and see, like they have these great huge Twitter followings and it bombed. Like it was not, these followers did not translate into book sales. And so that was a really interesting, you know, to hear from her, someone who's completely involved in all of the traditional publishing world that, you know, don't put all your eggs in the social media basket because, and besides, there could be, the whole platform could be gone and we have no control over it at all. So I just want to touch on one other thing before we dive into the the how. Okay, well, how do I do this if I'm not going to use social media? The definition of social media is sort of a little mushy, right? Like, what we know, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, things like that, like, Does YouTube qualify? Does Pinterest qualify? And then there's things like um, this slightly newer platform called Substack that, again, it's a little mushy. Like there's, it's a place where you can put your work. And a lot of writers have really, myself included, really enjoyed being there. Um, And it's been a much better option for a lot of people. But there's kind of a social media piece to it called Notes which I know some writers have been like, oh, but I want to get away from that. Rachel, I know you're not, you You haven't jumped on the Substack bandwagon yet. That's, that's okay. Uh, but Jana, you've really enjoyed being on Substack. What, where are you at with the, the notes? Is that social media? What isn't, how's that working?
1: Well, when I first joined Substack at that time, I didn't realize that the notes feature was there. So I didn't know there was that kind of social media-like component to it. I what I was using Substack for initially was my email list. I I, I switched to Substack from uh, my previous email service because my email service was going to require me to upgrade because my list had grown and I didn't want to have to pay more. So Substack was free and it was a way for me to provide my, my subscribers with, uh, more control over which content they wanted to receive from me. And I also really liked the, um, the feed, the chat feature. So I can have like my own little community on Substack with just me and my subscribers. And um, so that's really what appealed to me about Substack. Now that I've been on Substack for a while, I have seen that notes feature in action. And yes, it is very much like social media. I have seen many people just call it social media. So maybe it actually is social media, I am undecided about it, to be honest, because I do kind of feel the same way about it as I did about the other social media platforms. But the difference is I find the um, like the vibe or like the people who hang out there, it just seems totally different from Instagram or Facebook because I find most of them are writers or creators of some sort. And so there seems to be this mutual understanding of what we're all going through in creating content. So it seems a little bit more supportive on that level and also um those who are there strictly to read who who don't necessarily create content themselves. I just find they seem more committed like they're they are there because they want to be. It's kind of like a blend of social media and an email list in a way. I don't know. It's it's it is different. It is its own thing. It is a unique platform. I still haven't totally figured it out. But and I don't know if I'm committed to the notes feature or not. Um, I'm still experimenting. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, and unlike social media, traditionally, like you can do the Substack thing and just ignore the notes feature. Correct. There's an option too. Whereas with regular social media, that's all there is. <laughs> right. Yeah, and there are new platforms coming up. I saw a post from somebody who was starting a podcast this morning on Swellcast. Like, I don't even know what that is. You know, (laughs) you know, there's new things that are coming up, and I think it's important to remember. The point isn't necessarily that like all social media is bad, and so we have to like, oh, if this touches. On the the category of social media, we have to run away. No, it's not. It's a tool. It may work for you. It may not. But the point is, and and even between the two of you, like you've come to different conclusions, you have different levels of involvement, and you found what works for you and what is life-giving for you. And that's fine. That's the point. Substack notes might be fine for someone, but Instagram is not, or the other way around. So the point is to Find something that's healthy for us and serves our readers. So let's dig into the how. Okay, what are some practical ways that we can actually do this, build a platform without being on social media or limiting our social media? One of the ways we're going to talk about today is this idea of collaborations. Collaborations come in all different shapes and sizes. How have you both used collaborations as a way to grow your platforms? I love collaborations so much. Like, I
2: love connecting with other people. It's just one of my favorite things. That's part of, you know, I, I guess being an Enneagram too. I just, the relationships, I want to have relationships with people. So, um, I love collaborating with other people, and I've done several different kinds. And so I guess over a few years of experience in this, there are a couple of things that I do have in mind as we move forward in this discussion, as far as like pitfalls, things to look out for things to definitely do and not do. Um, But collaborations definitely get your voice, your words, your message in front of more eyes. And I think In a more effective way, even than I have found on social media, you know, I do enjoy being on Instagram, and I do it intentionally. And I love connecting with people in the direct messages that one on one, because again, I'm connecting with actual people instead of just dancing around to things. So the collaboration piece especially if you are able to connect with other people who have message similar to yours or their audience is similar to yours, and you're able to share your heart and message with those people in some way. Um, That has been one of my favorite ways to bring more people into my audience or to connect with new people who are excited to be there instead of just click follow, let's see what happens. They actually get Invested, um, and so it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's there's giveaways, there's there's a ton of things I can like. There's speaking, there's uh, retreats, there's summits, virtual or in person. You know, there's just so many different ways to do it. And so it is absolutely one of my favorite things to
1: do. How about you, Jana? Uh, I have collaborated in a few different ways. Um, I have hosted and contributed to uh, guest. Blog post series, podcast interviews is another example. The recent Tutu Launch Lab mentorship partnership is a big collaboration that has been totally fun mm-hmm. <laughs> and mutually beneficial. Yeah, I'd say probably those are the main ways. I have also been involved in various um, teaching opportunities that were teaching alongside other. Uh, teachers as well. And yeah, teaching is kind of my wheelhouse. So those are the the areas where I like to collaborate.
0: I know I've done um, lead magnet swaps with other people. Like you said, find someone who has a similar audience, similar sort of parallel message, and we'll trade lead magnets and she'll share about mine and her email and I'll share about hers and her email. And it's a great way to Like you guys both said, you get your message out there in front of more people who are already interested and you have that. It's like my friend recommended, you know, it adds some weight to to that when someone that they're already familiar with is like, hey, you guys might like this person too. So any other thoughts about who, how do you decide who to collaborate with?
1: A big thing for me is like one of the things I love about platform building through collaboration is that it's like, I'm not communicating to my audience that I am the be all and all like there are other people out there who are saying things I want my audience to know. And so I like, like I collaborate with people I want my audience to be aware of, I want you to meet this person, I want you to hear what they have to say. So I collaborate with people I admire, or people that I learn from because I want my audience to learn from them as well. And I've also really enjoyed collaborating with writers who uh, maybe are at the beginning of building their own platform, and they are the ones that need that extra boost because I've had so many generous people um, help me out in that way. So I like to do the same for others. And and they're so I like to collaborate as a means of encouraging um the other writer as well as my audience.
2: Oh, I love that, Jana. That's so good. Um, because same, same girl, same. I I wanna just speak to the fact that sometimes the collaboration is me reaching out like. Hey, can we be friends? Can we do this thing? Especially if it is, like Jana was saying, somebody that I really respect or look up to, or they have really helped me on my journey. You know, when I was first starting my podcast, I thought, you know, dream for the stars. Who is someone that if I could just really get somebody on here, somebody that's really impacted me and I know would be helpful for my audience, who would that be? And it is a brave thing. To reach out, I just want to like speak that out loud that it is a brave thing to send that email or make that phone call or send that direct message on Instagram if you're in that world, you know, whatever, wherever it is, um, find out how to reach them and do the thing. That is how I have gotten quite a few of the authors on my podcast that I've had just to say, Hey, I think you're amazing. You've had a great impact could we please, would you please, you know, and in your mind the whole time you're like, there's no, they're probably not even going to read this. Their assistant's going to look at it. And, but it has been shocking to me how many have said, absolutely. Or if we live close enough, let's have coffee. Like for real, are are you for, as you know, my kids like to watch Bluey and, you know, it's like for real life, do we get to do this? (laughs) And those connections, those collaborations mean so much and they're helpful for me. And then they put that spirit in me of if somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, could you come and be and do? Like a 100%, I'd love to do that. When it's writers that you do align with and they are getting started, you have that spirit of, I wanna help you in the way that I was helped. And so um I- I think it's really important to know that even if it feels so far out and like you could never reach it, do it anyway. Do the brave thing, right? But the piece of that that I would say is something I kind of guard and am mindful of when I reach out is that alignment piece. People that do have something in common with you or do have a reason for you to come and speak to their people. Like, why do you need, what, how is this benefiting those people? What is it that they need to hear? And so I don't ever want to reach out to somebody else just because like, you're super popular. Could you like come boost my platform and stuff? Like that's not ever going to fly well, right? Uh, There has to be, I know what you're about and I love this and respect this. This is what my people are about and what they need to hear. Can we make this happen? And that's always going to go better than the first option. And that goes both ways, whether I'm asking it of someone else or someone is asking it of me, because I have, I have had to say no a couple of times because people are like, Hey, do you want to come be on my podcast? Well, I'm not opposed to it, but I don't really know what it is that I would have to offer your people. Cause that's not really what I, you know, I don't talk about finances, that's not really my thing. I don't think you want me there. (laughs) So having that in mind, I think is always, real. again, the goal, right? Not just doing things to do the things, to be busy, to seem important. How is this productive in reaching those goals?
0: Because ultimately we're trying to serve our readers, our listeners, whatever they are. I second that. That yes, it is scary to reach out but I mean really the worst they're gonna say is no or ignore you. There have been people that I'm like, oh, there's no way I could, you know, this person isn't gonna say yes to this, so I'm not even gonna ask. And then I've had other people, friends, of like, no, you should ask. I'm like, okay, fine. So I asked. They said yes. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> right. no way. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, and I think we can put people up on a pedestal mm-hmm. who don't belong there and don't feel like they're up there themselves anyway. And yeah so yes to have the guts to just ask mm-hmm. First I'm going say and be specific in what they have to up. this is why I would like you to do a guest blog post or be a guest on my podcast or whatever This is what I see you have to offer and how my readers can benefit from that. Mm-hmm. So any simple ways that um, what if somebody wanted to start in this area of collaborating, what would be a simple way for them to start?
1: I would say I basically echo what Rachel just said. It's just ask. Like when I was starting a new blog in 2017, I I was starting from scratch, zero followers. And I just thought, how can I kind of get a jump start here and I had an idea for a blog post series that would require guest contributors and I knew it was a fantastic idea but I thought who would want to write for this like invisible blog like that their their piece will not be seen by more than my mom <laughs> and uh, and and I thought exactly what you said Amy I thought what have I got to lose if they say no big deal, like then, then I guess it just won't work. And so um, I made a list of about 50 writers that I would like to have featured on my blog. And some of them were well known, have a great platform, they're traditionally published. And others were starting out like me. And I just thought, hey, we can work together here. So I reached out to 50. And I was shocked within a week, I had 30 of them agree to write a guest post for me. And some of them were those, you know, big names to me at the time, and mm-hmm. I was blown away. And that was a super effective way to build my platform from the ground up. Um, but what I loved about it, and Rachel, I'm sure this has been your experience as well, I developed connections with those writers. Like some of these authors that I've been reading and I admire, Um, that process of collaboration we had like personal conversations and like you know talked about things that were unrelated to our project at the time and some of them I've stayed in contact with all these years and that alone made it worthwhile to reach out to them and just try some of the people that I'm still in contact with today they didn't end up contributing to that series but it was a valuable connection in other ways as well. So I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. So uh, my encouragement would be just go for it.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I love the idea of asking people to guest, right? Like if you have a blog or if you do a, a newsletter, an email series, some, you know, you can do anything along those lines and have people contribute to that. Or like you mentioned, Amy, if they're if you're wanting to kind of swap resources, um, or even just sometimes it's just I am going to share this resource from this other author or podcaster or speaker. Um, people get excited about that, and if it's something that does align with what you are trying to support people with, then you are inviting in more of your people but utilizing and sharing someone else's resource. And I think it also, it just shows people that spirit of, it's not all about me. It's not all about my words and what I have to offer you. Here are other resources that have been so helpful for me, or I'm excited that this friend made this and I want you to know about it. Um, because I it is a little off-putting when you find someone who has a good message, but it's just, it's their stuff all the time nothing else and it it does kind of feel like promo central so it's good to say this is a book I read lately and I loved it or here's a you know advent journal that isn't free and out and has a podcast that goes with it. And you should check it out. I'm loving it. Just to share those things naturally, things that connect with you as well. If it connects with you, it likely is going to connect with people who are excited to hear from you as well. Um, And then again, if it can go both ways, like you're sharing something from this person, would you like to share this thing that I've created? And that just brings more people. If you've got something that drop your email address to get this free thing those lead magnets are epic when it comes to bringing more people into your community and then they get excited to hear from you and if they grab the lead magnet and they decide it's not really their vibe because i'm i'm not everybody's vibe i get that i don't take it personally i'm i can be a lot so i know people might grab the free thing that i've offered and then they get a couple emails and they're like, oh girl, I think, I think I'm good. And they unsubscribe, no hard feelings. I'm glad I was able to help you in that way. Um, and so uh, I think a, a big piece of it as well is not taking it all too personally, right? And that's social media, email lists, substack, any of it, like, We want the people here who want to be here. Those, I would say, top collaborations I've done have been guest posting for people, lead magnet trading, podcast episodes, like Like just getting to hang out and talk with other people. Uh, There are people here listening that love you, Amy, that might not have known me before. Hey, welcome, friend. Love you. And um, giveaways, I think, are a good one too. I love doing giveaways with people. I just love giving people things, but people get excited about that and- It's
1: fun. I would say also um, if someone just doesn't yet feel ready to do a collaboration or just not sure what kind of collaboration um, they're interested in at this time. I would say instead of thinking about collaboration think about connection like we've been talking about but um an example of how this can be beneficial is i i love to comment on other people's work if i read an article i think is fantastic or it encouraged me i want to let them know because as a writer myself i know what a boost that can be but also i just want to encourage more of that same type of content so I have I like to comment and I commented on one of my favorite bloggers, I commented on a piece that she wrote earlier this year, and I've never actually corresponded with her at all, but I read every single word she writes and I often share it with my audience because I also do content curation. And I was shocked one day reading her email, she shared my blog with her audience. And I know that wouldn't have happened if I had not commented on her piece. And now I don't say like, do not be one of those people who comments for the sole purpose of having somebody notice you or possibly visit your website. Don't comment if that's your motivation. But my point is just like think about the other writers as like, you know what it feels like to be a writer and to try to get your words out there. And you know, sometimes what people are writing takes courage. And so I would say, put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're reading. And if you think that what they've written warrants a response, just do it and 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 not that it will necessarily build your platform, but it will build a network. You're working at building a network of support um, for other writers and that could lead to more support for you as a writer as well. It's just naturally building relationships, but in the digital world, it's a little bit different than it is in person. But if you're you're not ready for a collaboration yet, I would say just, dive in with both feet into the world of connecting with other writers in some way. I love it. Absolutely. Ladies, thank you so much for
0: all of these thoughts about collaborating and where social media fits into your life. So stay tuned next week. We are going to talk more about this and talking specifically about in-person types of ways of connecting. So thank you both. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Substack so you'll never miss an episode. You can support the podcast by liking and commenting on episodes and of course sharing it with others. If you become a paid subscriber on Substack, you'll get journaling prompts or additional resources every Wednesday that pertain to the week's episode. You will also have access to the monthly writing Q&A call and subscriber only chats. But as always, the podcast itself will remain free.